during the whole pandemic, I was really skeptical about going to church, about feeling uh, inspired. Um, but I did get up every morning. I started coming back to Skyline last Sunday. I decided to take this step because my oldest daughter, Ella, was learning Ryan and they're meeting at Brookdale Park and I really wanted her to be a part of it and I felt like it was safe because we're hanging outside. So myself, Ella, and Emmy, who is in Clubhouse, came last week. So I got up every morning, I stayed in bed, I tuned into my normal non-clock service, but I wasn't inspired. I just felt as though I was actually in and out of sleep and I was just like, this is not going to work. So after the first two weeks of trying to watch service through my iPad in bed, I decided there's no way I can do this because I wasn't getting the message the way that I should. So I decided to go to my family room downstairs and just project from the iPad to big screen in order for me to be able to attend service. And that made a huge difference to me because I wasn't laying in bed. I was actually sitting up, I was taking notes, I was listening to the message, I was praising, I was singing really loudly, really proudly. <laughs> My son would be like, uh, okay, it's church time. It did make a huge, huge difference for how I was able to receive the message, how I was able to intensively and effectively listen to the message and be able to take the message with me feeling very inspired by the worship songs and being able to be as attentive as i could possibly be while watching service with big screen physically being here is different um, we were doing church online as a family little steps to handprints to clubhouse now to riot in our service, we were watching five different services <laughs> online. Um, so just to be able to be here and be together and do everything in person, is, it's different and it's amazing. It's been really good to be worshiping live. It really has, especially introducing the song The Blessing. Um, it has been nice worshiping live, but it's nowhere near the way it used to be. I know it's not the same, but nothing is the same. Nothing is normal. And after 2020, I don't think anything is ever going to be quote unquote normal. I'm still nervous about going in. And so I have not gone into to the physical church yet, though I know, and I've heard amazing things about the social distancing, how everything is working, and that we are being as careful as we possibly can during church service um, in-house in order for people to feel comfortable. I was so blown away by the measures Skyline's taking to protect everyone. I honestly feel like it's the safest place I've been since COVID. Um, we've been going to the pool, we've been going to the beach, and I feel safer coming to church than even being at a pool or a beach. And so probably within the next few weeks, I'll be comfortable enough to go into church. But in the meantime, I'm still there every Sunday, 9 o'clock or 10.45, just to make sure that I'm able to get the word, make sure I'm able to understand the speaking of Pastor Chris, praising, and then having to communicate that later on in the week with my life group about what we learned and how it impacts us. And I 
just want to encourage you to just come and check it out for yourself. Even if it's just one member of your family, just give a call in and see how you feel. And then if you feel comfortable, you can start bringing more and more members of your family. That is our experience. Um, and each Sunday we feel more comfortable. And I will say Skyline is a very safe place to be right now. As long as we are able to have the option to either go into church or go into our living rooms to hear the service and get the message and praise with, with the rest of the Skyline family, that to me makes a huge difference. So how'd that impact you when you, when you heard that? Uh, when I watched it ahead of time, it hugely impacted me. I was like, whoa, she's still alive. Like, they're, they're still there. I, this experience for me has been, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where you are. I, I, I don't know if you're okay. I, I don't know what's happening. And so the longer that we're apart, the more I wonder, like, what is happening with you? And this, this happens to me several times. Whenever someone comes uh, to an event or they've come to church and, and I haven't seen them throughout the pandemic, I'm always like, oh, like they're still okay. Like they're still, they're still here. They're still part of it. It feels as if we've left, as if we're not together anymore. And so uh, I was really encouraged by that. And uh, uh, we are going to continue to make these and continue to share these with each other so that we can see, no, we're, we're still here. We're still going. Uh, we're going to begin this uh, talk, and as you can already see, it's going to be a little bit different than the normal messages. This is really meant for me to be able to interact and, and talk with you. And, and each week, I'm going to start by what I'm experiencing as we're going through this. And so our question today is, who can I trust? Who can I trust? And I don't know if you, I know you do. I know you feel it. It's, we're all experiencing it. Everybody's going through the same same thing. You go to the grocery store or you go to Home Depot and you go somewhere and <clears throat> you see someone or you're going to walk up to them or you're going to walk past them. You, you don't know if you can trust them. You don't know that if they're going to get mad at you because you, you were five feet from them and you're supposed to be six feet, you don't know if they're just going to walk right up to you. You, you, you. you don't know what they expect. You don't know what they think. You don't know you wonder, can I trust you? Are they going to be offended by what I do? And I wonder the same thing for us. Like, can I, can I trust you? And so as we jump into this, uh, we're going to take the same steps I do to solve almost every problem I ever face, which is first we want to take a look at reality, the way things are right now. Then we're going to take a look at God's will or God's way. And then, wait a minute, how do we move from the, what we are experiencing in terms of reality to what God wants us to be able to experience and do as we work through it? And so, our reality, what is our situation that we're in? What is it that we're experiencing? So first we have, we have COVID, which is really real and a real danger. And at the same time, we have all these different opinions, experiences, information about COVID. You, what I wonder is, can I trust you? 
Like, if I shared with you what I thought about an issue in terms of COVID, are you going to get ticked off at me? Are you going to, are you going to be like, are you going to assess motives to me because of what I said about COVID? Can you trust me? Can we trust each other? Because right now in my life, I try to say as little as I can. I'm not that good at that, but I try to say as little as I can. Because I'm afraid I don't know you. I don't know how you're going to interact with me. Another reality is the shutdown. And one of the very, very clear messages of the shutdown is that church is not important. That us being together, that's not important. There's way more important things than that. Now, don't, this isn't a conversation right now about whether or not that's good or bad or any of that. It's the reality that we're in. I have a different perspective probably than you do because I'm responsible for the church, right? It's amazing. I, I have watched a number of people, but our people. I have driven by and seen you at parties. I've seen you on Facebook. I know who you're hanging out with. And then I hear, oh, no, I, I just don't feel comfortable coming to church. That's because you've been told, and you're buying into it. It's the most dangerous place on earth. Andrea said it in the talk. Like she says, even at church. Why'd she say it? Because you have an inside thing that church is the dangerous place. That's a reality. The shutdown, one of the, one of the amazing things about the United States of America, and you this is a little government lesson for you. One of the things that's really, really amazing and makes the United States different than most places is that our states get to operate differently. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, no, it should all be the same. It should all be the same. No, no, it's part of our freedom. It's part of what makes us really special. We really weren't formed as a country. We were formed as united states. And so one state gets to do it one way, another state gets to do it another way. That's what we have happening, and it's a giant experiment. You get to actually watch which one comes right. So what I wonder is, is it, is it, can I trust you that if I shared what I thought about that, would that be, would I be shunned for that? Would I be shamed for it? What if I'm wrong? Like, what if my opinion is just totally wrong? Would you still, am I okay with you? Like, will you still hang with me? And can I hang with you? Another reality is the political division that we're in. And, and often, I, I almost said it in the first service, I almost said, oh, it's like never before. And then I actually thought, I said, it's not even close to like the worst it's ever been. We had a civil war. We had a civil war where over 500,000 Americans killed each other. 
We're not there. It's not worse than it's ever been. But, but it is different than anything I've experienced in my lifetime. And probably you in your lifetime. And part of this division is, listen, I hear it quite often. Listen, if you, if you like him or you like her or you're with them, I don't want anything to do with you. Could I trust you to share what I think about America and about what is the wise thing to do? Or would I be shunned? Would I be out of your circle? Because it's not what you believe. It's the offended culture. Everybody gets so easily offended. And and it's the cancel culture. Where if I don't like what you're doing, then I'm going to get a bunch of people to shame you and guilt you. And if I can, I want to get everybody else to shame you and guilt you to the place that I destroy you. I'm curious. Can I trust you? That if I am on the wrong side of an issue, am I out? Like, would I dare to say what I really think? How about humor? This happened to me this week. I want to laugh in the month of August. I want to laugh together. I think laughing is really important. But I I began to, I I found this clip I thought was hilarious. It was about the cancel culture. And I I was like, I'm going to use this. If I use this and you don't think it's funny, are you going to be like, that's it. I'm not going back to that church again. Are you going to judge the other people around you who laughed? That they have bad motives, they're racist, if they laugh at something you think is offensive. Now, now, lest you think the cancel culture is new, oh, it's not. Lest you think the guilt culture is new, oh, 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 it's not. Most of you grew up in Catholic church. They're pretty good with the guilt thing. The people who laugh grew up in Catholic churches. I grew up in a Baptist church. We were really good at the guilt thing. The whole idea was that, and and this was the view of our church. Our, Our church was a bunch of old ladies who sat around looking down their nose at people trying to make them feel guilty so they would obey and and live and practice and change their behavior the way they wanted. The cancel culture, the guilt culture, it's not new. I am curious if you can be trusted or are you going to bring that culture here with me and each other. And then lastly is the safety. This is reality. This is where we live. 
Whenever your safety is threatened and your children's safety is threatened, our first response is to defend, and that's fantastic, that's good. But our second response is, it's okay to destroy others in the name of safety. It's okay to treat others badly in the name. I'm doing it because I'm protecting so-and-so. And so our reality that we live in is all of these other issues that we just mentioned are like heightened. It's, it's more intense. You get more offended. You get more mad. You get more frustrated. Why? Because the people you love, you think are in danger if this person does this. So you'll, you'll watch somebody walk into a room or be in a room and there's one person without a mask and, and the other person's literally like, oh no. And they will, they will have thoughts and think things and even say things that are, one, can be really cruel, but number two, can not be true at all. But you feel very justified in doing it because you're protecting that's reality. I'm not talking about whether or not it's right or wrong. That's the reality that we live in. Now, I'm going to use the word afraid or scared, but that doesn't mean I'm going, I'm not sitting in my chair afraid. Strongly concerned. Because the reality we live in can tear us apart. It can destroy the beautiful thing that Jesus has built in our church. And some of you are actually thinking right now, I've already seen it start. I've already experienced a little bit of this. So what does God want? What's, what's God's word? What's God's will in this situation that we're facing? passage we're going to look at. Uh, Josh actually already read it, and uh, we're going to work through it's in Philippians. And he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love. So right off the bat, any encouragement from being united with Christ, he is writing to people who've accepted Christ as their personal Savior. These are people who have come to the place in their life where they realize, whoa, I'm the problem. I am a slave to my sin. I am, I need forgiveness. I need God to save me from my sin and from the penalty of my sin. And Jesus is the only one who can do it. And they've had a conversation with Jesus. Like, Jesus, you can have my sin. You can have me. You can have my life. I don't want to be the boss of my life anymore. I want you to be the boss of my life. And they've accepted Christ as their Savior. When that happens, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. He gives us a new heart. It changes us dramatically on the inside in terms of who we really are. Now, you're like, I, I, that's not true for me. So, oh, the message doesn't matter to me. Now, you do get to look at it and go, well, okay, that's not directly for me. But the principles that I'm going to share be really helpful for you in your family life. Anybody that you would like to love and be connected with as you work through the, what we're going through right now, this is going to be helpful for you, even if you haven't taken this step yet. But for, for, for everyone else who has taken this step, he says this. 
If there's any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you are encouraged about being one with Christ. Now, here's my first one. The COVID thing is a scary thing. But if you're united with Christ, if I'm united with Christ and I get COVID and I die, I go to heaven. That's a big deal. That's really encouraging. If, if my wife, Lori, if, if she gets it and she dies, she's going to heaven. Now, it's going to be a tragedy for me because she makes my life great. It's not going to be a tragedy for her. It's, she's way better off if that happens. What encouragement. If there's any comfort from his love, what were you created for? Right? What, what is your purpose in the COVID and the, and, and the shutdown and the politics and safety? What is the purpose of your life? You were created to be loved by God. I love it. Every time I say that, it's as if the weight comes off my shoulders. I'm loved. You're loved. If you're comforted in that love, if there's any common of the sharing of the Spirit, sharing of the Spirit, yeah, the Spirit means you, you, you can at any moment, at any time, go, Jesus, do I belong to you? And the Spirit goes, yes, you do. If you've learned what the Bible says, it's even bigger than that. When you build your life on grace, Jesus, have I been forgiven? And do, do I belong to you? Do I belong with you? Do you belong with me? Spirit goes, absolutely. Every time. God, I feel like a lousy bum. I'm, all these things, I, I've reacted so poorly. I, I have lust in my heart. I have all these things in my life. I think I'm useless. Jesus, am I useless or am I righteous? He says, you're righteous. I have given you my righteousness. You see, if there's any common sharing in the Spirit, Jesus, do I belong to David? Does David belong to me? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but did you see how brown he is? Could that really be true? It's summertime. He's really brown. Spirit says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He is in me, and you are in me. You're one. And I don't care what David thinks or what you think about COVID or the shutdown or politics. You're going to be one with that guy forever. We belong together over all of the things you see around you. If any tenderness and compassion or vain, I'm sorry, I skipped. If any tenderness and compassion, do you have that? Do, does your relationship with Christ, when you, when you are reminded that you belong to Christ, does that cause you to go, I want to do what's best for the others of my church? 
I want to do what's best for the people in my community. Do, do you feel Christ's tenderness and compassion to you? If you do, he says, then make my joy complete. That's exactly what happened when I watched those videos. See, when I watched those videos, I was like, we're together. We're in this together. I'm not, I'm not alone. And so my joy is complete. Whenever I watch you walk with Christ and whenever I watch you love each other, because this is, this is Paul talking to his church. He's, it's like he's the pastor of the church. For a pastor who loves his people, the greatest thing that can happen is to watch you walk with Christ. Watch you love on each other. He says, then make my joy complete by doing this, by being like-minded. Wait a minute. But we have all these different opinions. We have all these things that we disagree about. Okay? That's reality. He's calling us to somehow in that reality to live like-minded. How are we going to do that? Having the same love. So if we're going to have the same love, there's a really good chance that love can't come from me. And it can't come from you. Having and being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is this is about me and my opinion. I have an agenda. And that agenda is about me. That agenda is about what I'm going to build in my life. It's not about our lives. It's about my life, my legacy, my safety, or vain conceit. Vain conceit is you, you think it's about you. And you think your opinion weighs more than anybody else's opinion. That's too strong. That allows you to, to jump out. You think your opinion is more important than my opinion. You think your opinion is more important than the person who's sitting next to you or the person a few rows over or for those of you streaming, the person in the next house or the person in the next room. Rather in humility, don't think about yourself, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That's the opposite of our reality. Our reality is a bunch of very offended people, very worried about their opinions, power moves, fear. This is, I'm not, I'm not worried about me. I'm concerned about you. I want to connect with you. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. It goes on after this passage. It describes Christ Jesus' mindset. His mindset was that being equal with God wasn't something to hang on to. Being seen as the smartest person in the room, the person who's right, 
the most powerful person in the room, not important. Jesus, he didn't think that all of the things that we think are important in our present reality, not important. But giving his life for us, that's what's important. Doing what God the Father calls him to do, which was not safe. Not in his own best interests. Not good for him on that specific day. So how do we do that? Well, we've got our reality. We've got what God's called us to. Does our reality cancel out what God's called us to? Does our reality, the circumstances we in, we're in, cause us to go, you know what? The church can't be close like that anymore. Why not? COVID. No. No. You find Christ to be more amazing than you ever dreamed of when you go, okay, that's reality, but this is what God's called me to. So that's what we're going to do. So here's a few things that we are going to practice. My question is, can I trust you? Can I trust you to practice these things? Will you come alongside with us and do this? That's, that's between you and God. But here's the possibility. Number one, we will trust Jesus first and relate to one another from there. What's that mean? That means when we talk about something, we're going to talk about something that's tough. Right? We're going to talk about one of these issues that's a tough issue. The very first thing we're going to do in this conversation is we're going to go, hey, Mike, do you trust Jesus first and foremost? And he's going to go, not about this, I don't. He might say that, at which point that's the conversation we're going to have. How come? What's, what's going on with that? And then he's going to go, hey, Chris, do you trust Jesus first and foremost? Yes. What does that mean? That means we belong to each other regardless of our opinions about any of these issues. Our relationship with Christ, therefore our relationship with each other, is more important than any of these issues. That's how we're going to relate to each other. Number two, we will listen way more than we talk. I find this to be difficult, hard. See, as a pastor, I have a lot of opinions. I read about a lot of things. I think through a lot of things. That's what I do. Not only that, a number of you ask me questions, and I give you answers, and you grin like I know what I'm talking about. That happens over and over again, and before long I go, huh, must be I know what I'm talking about. But what we're going to commit to here is this. I'm going to stop thinking about what my answer is and what I think about it, I'm going to ask you, where are you coming from? Where, where did you, what, what's the data on this? And we're not going to be offended when someone asks us where the data is on this. Because as we've already experienced over and over again, in our present reality, we can't figure out if we can trust anyone. And one thing's for sure, the one, the source that you trust, there's a really good chance I don't trust that source. 
So we not only have to talk about the facts, we have to talk about where those facts came from. Well, I got it from the news. I don't trust the news. Well, they're not always wrong. I know. I just can't figure out which time I can trust them. So, so I'm going to have to listen. And so many of my conversations, mean, it means I may never share my opinion or my facts or my stuff. I may just ask. Number three, we will listen to truth together. We will listen to truth together. It kind of goes back to what I just talked about. See, in our present reality, the only way we move out of our reality into what God's talked about is that we're willing to have these conversations, and they're kind of long conversations. And many times we're going to have these conversations, and we're going, you know what we've discovered from this conversation? We don't know. We don't know. And when it comes to COVID, we don't know, guys. How, do, how can I say that? It's a, it's a virus. And whenever a virus shows up, it takes a long time before we know. We've got some pretty strong opinions, but we don't know. That's true for a lot of stuff. And after we've had this conversation, we're going to come back to the fact that, wait a minute, even though we are really, we really disagree, Jesus is the one we follow. You belong to Jesus, I belong to Jesus. It makes me mad. You think the way you do. I'll be honest, it makes me mad. But it doesn't separate us. It doesn't tear us apart. Number four, we will not have opinions about one another's heart, but we'll always give the benefit of the doubt. This is the big one. So Skyline is, is I don't know how unique we are, but one of the things that makes us special is that we really work hard to be a safe place, and we are a pretty safe place. How do you think you become a safe place? By making sure you don't offend other people? In other words, making a place where people can come in and sit down and never be offended? The opposite is true. We are not focused on not offending people at all. We are focused on loving and caring for people. So therefore, when we talk to each other, we want to make sure that we try to get to know you and speak in such a way that you can understand us. Now, this offending thing. Sometimes the truth offends us. What makes Skyline safe is not the fact that we try not to offend people. What makes Skyline safe is the fact that we don't have opinions about you. So you get to walk in here and be who you really are. And we're not going to look down our noses at you. See, the thing that we're after is this. We're going to love you just the way you are. We're going to love you so much, though, we don't want to leave you there. So we want to introduce you to Jesus and what he says is true. What makes a place safe is when you get to be who you are. Well, guess what? If I don't get to be who I am, if I can't trust you for that, it's not safe for me. 
What happens when you create a place where no one can offend anybody? It's the most dangerous place on earth. The church I grew up in was full of people who walked in and they pretended to be somebody else different than who they were because you weren't allowed to be who you were. It was offensive. How do we do this? You and I make a conscious decision. I will not judge your heart. I don't know where your heart is. I don't know where your relationship with Jesus is. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And we're going to go to Jesus to find out. Not for me to judge your heart, but so you can know where your heart is. Number five. We will go the extra mile to connect with one another. Now this is a message that I'm going to give to you and and, and over and over and over again. Many of us are not going to be able to come to campus. We're going to have to stream. But I, I, I just want to be super clear about this. For those of us who have to stream, you have to work twice as hard as those who get to come on campus. You see, something special happens when you come to the campus. There's something special about actually just seeing each other. I just had this interaction. I stuck my, my head out the door, and, and, and Shayla was across the street, and, and I haven't seen her in months. It's like, oh, my goodness, so good to see you. She is well at summertime. Her tan is incredible. It's like, whoa, you look so beautiful, and da-da-da-da, and she's, I meant that totally appropriate, right, totally. All right, and she, you know what she said? It's so good to see you. We connected. We connected in a way, I mean, and this was across the street. When you stream, you're totally with us. You are part of us. We are one in Christ. But you've got to work twice as hard as everybody else to make sure you connect. Because the physical part's not there. So how do you do that? Well, you listen to God's prompting. What do you mean? That's when you're driving along and God goes, hey, call so-and-so. Don't wait to get home. Make sure you have all the legal things you need for your car. I know. If you have to pull off the side of the road, pull off the side of the road and make a phone call right there. Listen to God's prompting. Text the person. Listen to God's prompting. Call, text, email. God prompts you to take a meal to somebody. Do it. Oh, it's not even No. Do it. Listen to his spirit. Do it. Ministry. God prompts you to do some type of ministry. Do it. Groups. We're going to talk about groups more. We've got some really awesome things planned for groups this fall. Right now, begin to pray. God, how do you want, me, how do you want to help me? Or how do you want to use me in people connecting this fall in groups? Begin doing that right now. Be ready. You need to be a part of a group. You can't walk alone. Attending services, live stream on campus or streaming, do it when we're together. I know it's super convenient to pick it up later. Listen, we're in a war here. We're in a war to connect with each other. It means something when we do it together. It's more convenient to do some someplace else. Listen, your relationship with Christ should not be on a convenience level. 
Don't make Christ convenient in your life. Make him king. And lastly, we will go, uh, lastly, make Skyline Life videos so we can see you and your family. What's a Skyline Life video? We just watched two of them. It, it doesn't have to be about church. It can be about anything that's going on in your life. Let us know what's going on so we can play those on Sunday morning so we can go, we're still together. We still belong to each other. This is awesome. This is exciting. Can I trust you? Can you trust me? Let's move from our present reality. Let's change it to being what God wants. Let's put it into place. I want to leave you with a verse. It says this. this is, we're going to ex execute the plan. No longer on hold. We're no longer waiting to see what's happening. We're going to move forward. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, this is Paul writing to his church, continue to work out your salvation. What's that mean? That means continue to apply God's word, your salvation, to your present reality. Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Don't fear the COVID and the cancel culture and all of that that's happening out there. Fear that you would lose that precious oneness and unity that Christ died for for you. The thing that you get to blossom from out there. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No matter what the situation is, I think of people in World War II who in their churches, their, 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 their churches were being bombed, their homes were being bombed. The message had to be way louder than our, our, our message that, hey, listen, the church is not that important. Just take care of yourself. And all the crazy ways they learned to be one in that situation. Churches in, in persecuted countries right now, Saudi Arabia, China, where they, they have to meet in secret. Why? Because they're not going to let their reality steal the oneness of being in you. And you keep showing yourself to them. And that's what I ask for you to do to us. Lord, I want to experience you. I want our church to experience you in a way we have never experienced you before. This is not going to be convenient. We need you. And I'm asking you to turn this comfort and this joy and this love turn us into this amazing group of people that in the midst of a, of a pandemic in the midst of a pandemic what we're known for is being humble being totally focused on we're going to care for each other be one with each other love each other in the midst of obstacles Thank you, Jesus. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. In your name we pray.